I believe sometimes as women, as girls, we forget our self-worth. Whether it's boundaries put up around us that prevents us to remember that we are strong, powerful women, or boundaries we put in ourselves that makes us think that we are not strong, that we aren't really worthy. My goal is to change that. My goal is to have you know that you are worthy, that you are capable of making a difference and a change, that you are capable of succeeding and pushing yourself. My podcast, Girls Who Run the World, shares stories of strong, powerful women that are changing the world, that impact their community through their everyday lives. I am so excited to share this podcast with you all, hoping that it makes you realize that you are strong, you are worthy, and you are powerful. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in today. I'm really excited for today's episode as it is going to be amazing. Today's guest is my sister, Mackenzie Sanchegrin. Mackenzie is a badass and amazing philanthropist, daughter, friend, and college student. She is constantly making an impact on each person she meets. Mackenzie is always pushing closer to the best version of herself and empowering others to do the same. I am beyond thrilled to have Mackenzie on today. Thank you, Mackenzie, for coming on today and sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like we've talked about this for a couple months now, and I'm so excited to finally (laughs) get it done Um, and finally be here. I'm excited, but first... Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So uh, I'm Mackenzie. Um, I'm from Faustin, Maryland, and I'm a freshman at the University of Alabama. Is that like quick and easy? Yeah. Um, my sister, twin. Yeah, I'm a twin. <laughs> um, I love, I get really involved with philanthropy. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about I, um, I feel like that's a good yeah, yeah, foundation. Yeah. We'll get into that. Um, so like we said, as many people know, we're identical twins. Super fun. What do you think, you know, are the biggest benefits of being a twin? Wow, yeah. There are, I believe there's to be a lot of benefits of being a twin. Um, But my one that has impacted me and I've, like, focused on a lot is the idea of always knowing that you have someone there. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean, like, to have to be hip to hip. Like, we don't see a lot of each other during college because we have different classes, different majors. But knowing in your mind that you can 100% not be nervous and be yourself 24-7 because you have someone that you're going to have a deeper relationship with than, than your friends, than your parents, mm-hmm. someone that's going to love you unconditionally always, um, is really just, it's like a backbone, yeah, I kind of. Even when we were growing up, like, I remember, like, t- talking to dad and mom about this, but... I don't think we realized that we always had each other. Mm-hmm. Like whether it was we were playing sports or trying something new, going outside in school, helping each other with schoolwork, like stuff right. like that. We didn't know that we had each other. Like we didn't acknowledge that, that we were like always together. And like it, what would it be like if we were just by ourselves all the time and not a twin? Um, so I think, you know, just having that built-in best friend like people talk about and as we like learn to do things together. So it's, mm-hmm. it kind of takes – not that life is easier that I have a twin, but it kind of takes off the pressure that like, okay, I have someone to go through this with me. And even though if we go through different things, we can support one another and, you know, be there for one another. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, well, as there's a lot of benefits because there are, right? <laughs> Unstoppable duo. Yeah. What do you think, you know, are some of the um, – well, actually, let me ask you this first. Okay. How do you think being a twin has – um, affected the way that you are viewed by others, your identity, and who you are. Yeah. So as we said, there's like a lot of benefits, right? But recently with the identity, I think there's too good and bad. 
-hmm. right? And it's something I recently have been like focusing on and mentally like trying to figure out because as we hit this new milestone of college, Mm -hmm. it's a brand new slate. No one knew who we were. And so they had to come up with an idea of who I was and who you were. And it's we're often paired together, right? But with the identity part, I think it helps. One thing that's great is that it helps people remember us. Hmm. We're, well, even separately, we're easy to remember. But it helps people remember us. They know who we are. It's a great way to make connections and stuff like that. The negative side of it is that people automatically put us in two different boxes, I think. And so, like, if you're one thing, Madison over here is amazing. She's very outgoing, very energetic, and I'm a little bit more laid back, I would say. And for a while, I was like, that's, like, the worst quality of me. I was like, I hate that. Like, I want to be just like Madison. And But people would automatically see that because it's, it's true. Yeah. And so people would be like, well, Madison is very outgoing. She's like, hey, like, very loud, very enthusiastic. And then I'm like, and then they'll be like, Mackenzie's like, chill, like, hey. And I'd be like, wait. My mom would be like, wait, that's like a bad thing. Wait, like, I hate when people say that. Right. And, but now I'm like, well, it's not their fault for saying that because I make it, I have a little bit more of a shell. So I think when identifying, like, I have to put myself out there more, show my full potential quicker than I usually am because then I don't think people will see the full personality of who Mackenzie Sanchez is you know yeah I remember growing up and we we're like we're two different people like we're totally different even though we're not we're kind of the same we have the same style like clothing style and I think we kept telling these people like our friends family like oh we're two different people Madison and Mackenzie it's not like we're paired together we're not one person we have different qualities we do different things different goals and then all centered around like kind of the same values but it was kind of like we had to start telling ourselves that too. We kept telling other people like, oh, we're different people. We're different people and that's okay. You know, we have different qualities and that's okay. And I guess throughout college learning that like, okay, Mackenzie may have this quality or do this better than me and that's okay. You know, yeah. and identifying that we will do di- things differently. And, you know, growing up we were always competitive with one another, whether it was in sports and stuff like that. But just learning that we're different people and not only telling other people that, but understanding that ourselves and like, realizing the gifts that, you know, God has given us, our parents have given us individually and together. Yeah, no, I totally think because I was talking about this with dad earlier and nobody's going to know us more than we know ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's down to you to show people who you are and not like automatically hold back half, 50%. Because yeah. I used to get 50%. And I used to be like, well, like, I like this friend and like I'm gonna like be friends with her but I'm not gonna show her my full stuff because I'm scared of that Mm -hmm. and maybe that's because something happened in the past who knows like you never know but I 100% believe it's you have to just show your true personality quickly and make sure like like you know people are gonna love you and you just gotta be confident in that yeah so we kind of just talked about them but what do you think would be the biggest drawback? I know it's pretty cool being a twin (laughs) and everything included but what do you think are some of the drawbacks okay so to turn a different route I would say one of the drawbacks is being paired together people automatically assuming or being assumed that we do everything together we don't yeah and it's also seen as like we're not being independent people also have this idea that we do everything together like that we're holding hands 24 <laughs> 7 and that's not the truth 
like as we're getting older, maybe when we were younger, when we were dependable on each other. But as we got older, I feel like we're more independent and I don't need you for everything. Yeah. And you don't need me for everything. But people around us automatically assume, oh, we're twins. We go to college together. We room together. Yeah. It must be so easy. They never have to like overcome these challenges as like a normal yeah. single child would. And I'm like, but we did because we had different effects on leaving for right. college. I was a little bit more homesick than you. I mm-hmm. had a difficult with the change as you like change a little bit. Yeah. You embrace the change. And so I would say that's my ideal biggest drawback is yeah, people probably. grouping us together. It's funny though. Lot. I remember in college um, because Mackenzie and I, like if we ever argue, it's about like clothing or like something that happened during the day and it will happen. <laughs> it will last for like five, 10 minutes and then we'll watch funny TikTok and like laugh about that. But um I remember the first time that, you know, we never argue really in public. Not, not that we argue a lot, but I remember when our friends were like, a friend of ours, we were walking back somewhere and we were getting frustrated with one another and like trying to keep it in because like who wants to, you know? Yeah. Right? And one of our friends was like, oh my goodness, are you guys like what, arguing? And I was like, <gasps> yes, we are. <laughs> and it was like funny because we're always seen as like, I don't know how people see twins because I... I don't know. We are the twins. So yeah, um, that's just a funny story. Like we're always like grouped together. Especially because it's fun. Like I, I think talking about identity and twins, being a twin is a huge part of like how I identify myself um, comes in the top five most important things. And I think, you know, I used to be like, well, I always wanted a younger sister. I always wanted to know like what it was like to have an older brother mm-hmm. or, you know, not be a twin, I know we'll be like, oh my goodness, we can't stand being twins. But at the same time, it's such a fun, interesting thing that we have and that we share in common. And like twin telepathy, not that we have that, but like we <laughs> honestly so. like are on a different level, you know? We yeah. like, can understand and we've grown up around, you know, strong, powerful parents that have been able to show us that like this is a superpower that we that we have, being twins and being able to understand each other on a different level than many other um, siblings right and one thing I don't think people re- so because we're identical twins it's mm-hmm. you differently yeah totally on my opinion I would say so non-identical twins you can automatically tell the difference right one has light hair one has dark hair one has this face shape one has this and being an identical twin we're the twins but I personally have never heard an I pair of non-identical twins be called like the twins or you maybe know, they are but like but, not like yeah it's different. I feel like when we're grouped together because we look alike, mm-hmm. we have the same DNA, you know, like, um, but yeah, I think. That probably makes it hard. And I see like why people would pair us together. Right. Like, yeah. It's easy. But like our best friends, it's like fun at college now because they're like, um, it's fun to see like who, like our best friends know us. Like they know yeah. the difference. Like it's pretty easy. And I think as we're getting older, it's easier to see who is who mm-hmm. personality wise visually because we just do things differently hair makeup all that yeah but it's fun to like be with a new group of people because you know at home a lot of our people knew how to tell us apart you right. know so now it's like kind of fun like yeah. college like messing around with our friends yeah i love it um but like i said we were both raised by strong powerful parents um kim and chad the best what do you think what is the biggest way our parents and upbringing have impacted your life wow that's a tough question because they've had a lot of impacting on my life majority of it 
The biggest way that they've impacted my life is rarely if I had an idea to do something Mm -hmm. or wanting to create something, rarely saying no, allowing me to fulfill that idea, even if they knew it was a bad idea, even if they were like, uh, like in their head, I don't know, Mm -hmm. maybe they were, but they were always very supportive, very supportive, very motivating. And uh, like we wanted to start a bathing suit company. Yeah. And this was around like eighth grade, um, which is insane. No eighth grader into a bathing suit company. Maybe they do. They're freaking awesome. <laughs> but it was around eighth grade and they were like, yeah, let's do it. We ordered samples. We, yeah. ha- we even wear some of the bathing suits that we created. And when you created your podcast, very supportive. Right. And so they always showed us that we could do what we wanted to do no matter what. Even if you were starting from ground zero, you could do it, motivating. Mm -hmm. They also taught us to empower others. I think our parents were like, like starting off with SPW on our basketball team, strong, powerful women. We said it every practice, every home time. We did the gratitude journal. Just creating this positive mindset to always have and to always know that you can always overcome adversity. And I would say those are the biggest ways they've impacted us. Would you say the same? Yeah, I agree. I think – with going back to how you were saying they were always supportive, which they were, like an unconditional amount of support, not saying that they wouldn't be like, that's a crazy idea, but they'd be like, that's a crazy idea, let's go for it. When yeah. I decided to run Chicago, mom was like, oh my goodness, my kid is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> We've got another runner in the family now that you're running. It's a whole tribe <laughs> of us. But yes. just we never – not that we never heard the word no – Mm-hmm. It's not that we were always told yes, and that's because that's an unrealistic view right, yeah. of life, but that we were always like, oh, we have this idea, and let's just try for it. And they'd be like, okay, yeah, let's try. And if even if we did fail, or it wasn't the biggest success, or it's not going how we planned, they were there to teach us and help us learn that there's something to learn from that. There's a lesson to learn from that. So I think that being one of the biggest, I also think – um. Everything that we did growing up led to who we are today. Mm. And I thought about this as we came to college more, but we did gratitude journals. Um, Every New Year's Eve, we did a vision board. Remember, we would cut out the newspapers and paste it on for what we wanted to do, and that was fun. We did SPW, Strong Powerful Women, was the name of our basketball team, and our dad would make us stand at the free throw line when we were shooting foul shots and say, I'm going to make this out loud to all six people that were down there on the blocks, like waiting to get the ball, do the Superman, Superwoman pose, not Superman, Superwoman. Yes. And, um, and all these things, um, realizing that maybe we weren't, weren't the smartest in school, not in mm-hmm. school, but we were always like, they're, how, what would you say? Our goals were always different than people. Our mind yeah. was always different, but we weren't the kids that wanted to sit down and read mm-hmm. or like take a test and realizing that, oh, we have different superpowers than other people. We were oh, given yeah. these gifts of being able to connect with one another, being able to have an impact, being able to empower others, whether or not that's not like, oh, we're not the best at math, we're not the best at reading. Yeah. And how that's changed over time. Yes, like we're good at really good school now, but you know, as we grew up. So each day, you know, dad and mom singing on the way to call, like, school like embarrassing us like I think everything kind of it's cool to see how it all has impacted us together, in yeah. way and like created us 
who we are. And I know we like joke with them and we're like, guys, you got blessed with the best children ever. Like, could you imagine? Like, I know. We're like, I want to have children like you, like me. And not that like that's kind of selfish to say, but it's just like funny to be like, see how all these things in our life, all these trips, memories, stories, you know, completely being ourselves has led us to who we are and who we are to become. So that has been one of the greatest things. I think even in college seeing that too. Yeah. Um, so ever since you were younger, you have loved volunteering. I remember in middle school you would go volunteer every what was it, Wednesday? Thursday. Thursday. Um, with that with an organization at in middle school. And you've loved giving back to others. What has inspired that? What still inspires that? Mm. What is it? So right now, currently, because it's changed a lot. Right now, currently, my love for volunteering, giving back, and making sure I, like, make a difference would be the person inside me who wants to leave this earth making a footprint. And I know that's, like, oh, like, she's just, like, reading a Pinterest quote. Like, she's just (laughs) wanting to do that. But I'm, like, that's honestly who I am. Like, I don't want to, like, I want to make a footprint on this earth. And, you know, there's that quote where it's, like, when you leave this earth, you're known for two things, what you did and who you were. Mm-hmm. And that has stuck with me throughout the entire process of volunteering, with raising money, with working just with organizations. Because I'm like, well, I want people to be like, oh, Mackenzie Sandstrom, like, did you know what she did? And people be, and I want people to remember me. Yeah. So, but it started all the way back. And I'm just going to say this because it was so funny, but it started back when in eighth grade yep. it was play it forward and you got to miss class on Thursday like that one class it was Spanish class class. well I'm I'm minoring in it now (laughs) so but at the time I was like oh I get to get a Spanish class early just to hang out with these amazing people and I did that every Thursday I started play it forward was real quick okay yeah so play it forward was an organization where people with disabilities would come to our church um which was on our school campus right and you'd basically just hang out with them. We had dance parties. We did activities. You'd have lunch. Yeah. you do all this stuff just to make an impact on our day, right? Yeah. And it had an impact on mine too. But I was like, this is the way to get out of class. Like, I didn't think of it how it would impact me yeah. first. I was like, seventh grade self. It turned over. I did seventh and eighth grade. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I love this. And I would have my buddy. I forget what his name was. But it might have been Henry. But me and Henry, for those two years, always hung out together. I feel like it was Joe or something. It was something. It was yeah. like this funny, awesome guy, full of energy. And I was like, I love this man. Unconditionally, like, because society might have different views on people with disabilities, right. um, definitely in the past. And I was like, I don't know who wouldn't love this man. Like, he's running around, dancing to One Direction. Yeah. But that's how it started. And I think it's just grown from there. I mean, I my love keeps getting bigger and bigger now working with our Kappa Kappa Gamma philanthropy coordinator and one day I hope to be the director that's my next goal because I have so much love for it where I wish that I I know that I can make other people love it just as much as I do and so where do you think your love for giving back has come from I know we talk about like Mm -hmm. and you're a lot more involved with philanthropy than I am but you've got me involved with Al's Pals which is like a mentoring each week that we Mm -hmm. Mackenzie and I go for two hours do you want to say what it is? Okay. So for each week for at Alabama, we go to an underprivileged elementary school. Is that how you, underprivileged? Yeah. yeah. And we mentor girls and boys. Mainly, I mean, 
I don't know how about your what your class is like, but I stick with the girls usually. Mm-hmm. And we just have two hours with them to mentor them, to like be that older best friend, be that older sister, um, to really hear their story because a lot of these people have come from rough, rough backgrounds and they'll mm-hmm. tell you about it and it's very upsetting. But you get to share and teach these kids, these young girls that are going through middle school in one of the hardest times about – or is it elementary school? Elementary school, sorry. Yeah. I to go middle school. Um. You know, teach them all these lessons that maybe they haven't learned, you know, in their life. Yeah. Yet. So with so, everything, yeah. Um, the deep background is to impact somebody's life. It's not impossible, but with with house especially because you're only with them two hours once a week. Yeah. It's very difficult, but it's possible. But to impact their day, I mean, I've had people or little girls come up to me and talk to me about like their home life. Like sometimes they don't have food to eat. I'm like, first, it makes me grateful. I'm grateful for the, the childhood I have, the life I have. But I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I could help this one girl or all these 12 girls, even the boys. Yeah, and that's not to make your, and not to make yourself feel better, right? You can see, like, their, right. like, the smile they have on their faces when we come into that room. You know what I mean? Yeah, to, be able to, see, to be able to see your impact is probably where it comes from. Yeah. It dr- drives me more and more to make an impact because at first – you know, a lot of people are like, oh, she's just doing that for a resume. It's just for a resume. Like, it's just, she doesn't actually have love for it. And well, when you actually get involved and see the difference that you're making, I think it just makes your drive and your need for it more and more. So you just want to keep doing it. And that's how it exactly is for me. Right. And seeing what's possible. You, well, you're going to have to correct me here because I don't know mm-hmm. what the number is. <laughs> but you led a team for LLS. So first year of LLS, but you can explain leukemia and feminist society mm-hmm. in a second. You were on a team led by Sophie. Who was it? Sophie Somerville. Yeah, she's Sophie, awesome. Sophie Somerville at Clemson. And well, she's at Clemson now. Mm-hmm. And then the second team, when Sophie went to college, you took over and led your own team the right. first year. Well, tell us what leukemia and feminist society is and then tell us how much you raised so I get the numbers right. Right, yes. The next so question. if you ever hear me say LLS, it's just a quick version of saying the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. They're an organization just like St. Jude's, kind of, just for different cancers, um, who raise money to help families pay for funds when their child or family member is struggling with leukemia, lymphoma, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other cancers. I just right. Those are the two main ones. But there's this organization or fundraising, what would you call it? Like competition yeah. sort of thing. Um, called the Student of the Year campaign. And I remember dad first told me about it and we were in Sprouts grocery store and he's like, hey, my client's daughter is like doing this thing, raising money for cancer and I think you'd be awesome at it. I was like, oh yeah, like that's easy. Like not to raise money, but I was like, it, it was such a small thing in my mind. Um, and I was like, I actually did think, I was like, this is perfect for resume. Because right, yeah. you're always mind it's just how it's going to help you. Yeah. Or at least it was me. And that's a selfish idea, but it's it's true. I was like, how is this going to help me? But I remember sitting down, and it was during COVID, so we had our school offices at home. Mm-hmm. And for the first year, I was like, $5,000 is my first goal. And I sat there looking at the $5,000 on my notebook, and I was like, this is insane. It's like $5,000. I mean, who has that type of money? All right? <laughs> like, I don't understand that. And... By the first day of fundraising, you had, well, you had to come up with ideas how you're going to fundraise. Right. Dad did the four by four run, four by four by 48 run. Right. Run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Then we did the 5K. And I think those were my two main events. Yeah. I was like, okay, like this will bring some money and then I'm going to go to my school and do this and that. First week or first day, 
first two days I, m- I might have hit five thousand dollars and I was like shoot this is like yeah. amazing I was like but like how can I do it better so I was like okay ten thousand dollars and the next two days would be ten thousand and I remember it being like fifteen thousand dollars and I was like okay and I, I raised twenty thousand dollars but I went this is the big part where it's like fifteen thousand dollars I was at some number right before twenty thousand, which was my goal. I was like twenty thousand. That's amazing. Like, and this was right before the end, right? Right before yeah. the end. I think it was like on the last day, possibly yeah. they could fundraise. That had one connection, one client that I reached out for a sponsorship, and it's like, well, maybe he's not going to donate. That's totally fine. But I was like, kind of like hoping, like, okay, he would. I was sitting in Miss J at NDP's English class. Mm-hmm. If anyone knows. And sorry, Miss J, but I was on my computer and I was like, he emailed me. He was like, or I emailed him. And I was like, I just, this is the last day to fund, to raise money. Like, this is how much, this is, I need like a little bit more to reach my final goal. I probably worded it in a better way, right. but he was like, just one, one sentence reply. How much do you need? And I was like, okay, maybe he's going to get like some of his friends together to donate. I think it was like, it's going to be a lot. I think it was like $1,200 yeah. I was away. And I emailed him back. And on that, I got an email notification. And you get notifications when someone donates. Yeah. They're the best to look at because you're like, oh, like, yeah. you know. And it said, reach $20,000. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, he just donated the rest of the money. And I was like, I started tearing up in class. And I sat in the back, which now I always sit in the front classes. <laughs> I but I sat in the back in this class because there was like 12 people maybe. And I started tearing up and I was like, this is amazing. I was like, I really, because that was the first moment I was proud of myself. Because during the campaign, I was really pushing myself. Yeah. I was never kind of happy with my results as I should have been until I reached my final goal. And I was like, I did it. Like, I did it. This is my first year. I did $20,000. Right. And But then it got to the, I don't know if your next question is about. No, so then you went on to. That's great. I mean, 20,000. I remember mm-hmm. all of it. And I was kind of like not disconnected from it, but I just remember you kept hitting these milestones. I kept going up and higher and mm-hmm. higher and higher. And that was so much fun. Um, and we are all proud of you to see you being able to do that and see your team. And what you what award Our did team? you get? So I got, um, I forget the actual, I think it was Relentless for Cure Team Member Award. Yeah. So out of all of Maryland, not to brag, I'm kidding, <laughs> but out of all of Maryland, um, I got an award for being the top fundraising team member. So you have a team member and then you have a, um, like the student of the year. So I was like under, Sophie was the student of the year. Yeah. And our team actually ended up raising over $85,000. 85, okay, that was the number you uh-huh. for the first year. And so I, um, shoot, I lost the train of thought, but yeah. You're good. That. And then, so then you went, so Let's first ask. So then you went on second year. We can just make it. Yeah, yeah. You went on to the second year, led a team, raised, and then at this time, how many? How much did you raise? Mm-hmm. So I personally raised um, over thirty-five thousand dollars. Okay, yeah. And my team, we ended up raising over sixty. We'll say sixty-five, just to be safe. Yeah, I think it was sixty-five thousand dollars that your team raised for LLS during COVID, during the mm-hmm. pandemic. I remember you gained on Zoom calls. And what do you think take – what does it take to be able to do that? I remember you – Right. Well, you answer first and I'll give – yeah. So I'm still learning yeah. like that. I learned throughout the process of it. But the key 
aspects and characteristics that someone has to have to lead any sort of team, to be a coach, to be the, a leader of a leadership. You have to, my biggest thing is you have to be determined and you have to be goal motivated because, and that's my belief, that could be different for everybody, but determination gets you through a lot. Yeah. If you put your head down and really focus on your goal and you tell your team and motivate them through it, motivate them to hit their goals, it can take a lot. Because a lot, if you're just like, hey, like I'm going to focus on myself and I don't care what you guys fundraise because mm-hmm. it's about me. That's selfish, and it wouldn't impact them as much. So I'd say the top two are to be goal-oriented and determined. Yeah. And then there's a lot of other ones, but those are probably the largest. Yeah, and I think you also have to not be scared to reach out. We talk about this in Katie Hood's episode, Catherine Miller's episode, now this episode. It's a common theme here just growing up that we both have is we have these connections. We've been blessed to be have a great community mm-hmm. and support system around us. And even if we don't know the person, just to, you know, send that direct message, that DM, that email, mm-hmm. knowing that, okay, maybe there's not going to be a response, but if there is, you know, where could that take us? Mm-hmm. You know, what could that have in store for us, for them, for this relationship, and how can I grow from that, and how can I maybe grow with this person? You know, especially yeah. with podcasts, like, guests on DMs, I, like, I could care less about how many DMs I send. <laughs> right. Like I literally think I've sent certain people like 10 DMs, all different ways of asking them to be on my podcast. And I'm like, I cannot stop because what if one day, you know, it floats to the top of their DMs. But for LLS, I remember you hopping on Zoom calls with some of dad's mm-hmm. clients, some people mom knew, some people that, you know, were just like, let's just take a win. Let's go on a win yeah. with them. And so wouldn't you agree that like you have to – the fear of asking holds a lot of people back. So just like be outgoing, be out there. Yeah. So they really, the LLS like committees, so like the, the people running the whole thing, mm-hmm. you have to meet with them as a team, as a team leader. And I learned this the year beforehand because they also mentioned it. The worst thing that can happen when you ask somebody for a donation to do something for you um, is, sorry, is for them to say no. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing. Yeah. They're not going to not love you, like, like you anymore. They're not going to be like, oh, who's this crazy young girl? Yeah. Like, the worst thing that can happen is them say no. But if you focus on the worst thing, then they're going to say no. If you prepare and if you really just breathe and, like, just be like, okay, like, I can do this. Like, I'm going to ask yeah. them. And here's my story, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the time, I think majority of the time, they will say yes. And it is how you word it. Yeah. You have to be excited. You have to, like make an impact. I remember, I'm just going to give a spiel for example, not a spiel, but a little example. When you met with the sponsorships, you had to have a PowerPoint presentation. And I believe, or I remember on one of the slides, it was like nine, in nine minutes or something, in every nine minutes, one person will, shoot, I forget the thing, but somebody will hear the words that they have cancer. Yeah. And the statistic was huge, right? And I just sat there on the Zoom call for a second, and I repeated myself. I was like, in this amount of minutes, this many people will hear that the word they have cancer. And to impact them or to draw them in, it's yeah. like a lot. Like, you just have to – I think you just have to be, yeah. really show your love for what you're doing. And I think it comes all full circle. We talk about, you know, fundraising. I haven't done much fundraising, but I had to mm-hmm. for the One Love Foundation for Chicago to be able to run it. And I just remember, like, you 
really just have to take your story. I remember you made videos for LLS. I made mm-hmm. videos for Chicago. And draw somebody in in the way that they can feel connected to it. You know, it's not like I want. I don't think anyone would want to just give their money to something that they don't know. The, right. You know, who they're helping, the story behind it, the person fundraising. And so I remember I posted a video. And I think you posted a video for LLS too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically just sharing your story, sharing LLS, getting people intrigued by the foundation, the society, and not just saying, hey, can I have this amount of money? Right. You know, your first step is to really share that story and at constantly, like just yeah. constantly posting. I remember you posting, having events and stuff like that. So I think that's a really important part to be a leader. I also think, I mean, what would you th- think the biggest qualities are to be able to lead group of people to be the best leader you can be right so as i said like earlier termination and goal being goal oriented would be but there's so many other and i would say probably positivity yeah and empowering because when you empower somebody to like motivate them it feels good they feel good about themselves as they should Mm -hmm. they feel like it's possible as it is and i remember when i was in econ class or you had to create your own company. The two classes split up. Yeah. One company versus another who could raise the most money. And it was very, like, little thing, right? But I remember I got up there to be the CEO. Like, they had a vote. It was me and against this other amazing girl, Elena. And we both had amazing qualities. But I remember being like, okay, I'm going to tell them why I should be it. But I'm also going to tell them that I'm going to empower them and push them to do their best. Right. As I know they can do. Like, I know they can do their best. Yeah. And it's easy to fall back and be like, I mean, to give up. Like, it's it's not possible. Because I've done it before. I've been like, eh, like, maybe next year. Yeah. Or maybe next time. Like, I don't care. But to be like, well, I'm not going to stop trying. Yeah. I'm going to keep sending those emails, keep making flyers, and doing that stuff. I would say that's probably the biggest, another big quality. Yeah, I think as a leader, and I think, you know, we've both – fall into leadership roles, whether it was in high school, middle school, um, and now in college mm-hmm. with our sorority. Kenzie is the philanthropy coordinator and I'm the sisterhood event coordinator. But I think like two different things, but mm-hmm. same qualities that you need to be a leader. I think you need to be organized, like you said, motivated, whether that's self-motivated or goal-motivated. Mo- You're a very goal-motivated mo- person. Mm-hmm. I'm go- goal-motivated, but also like – I think a mix of both, mm-hmm. like self-motivated as well. Um, having trust, you know, and no fear. Like, obviously, we all have this fear of failure, you know, but yeah. I also think that I'm chasing to the finish line for the idea of success in so many parts of my life, whether it's school, work, family, friends, who I believe I am, like finding myself. You know what I mean? So yeah. you really have to have a lot of confidence in yourself, know who you are, and have your core values, your core beliefs, and able to help others find theirs. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's for, like, everything. You have to yeah. have those little – you have to be confident. Yeah. You have to be a lot of things. And I think you learn to be those things or they nat- they're naturally suited to you as you take on right. whatever you're doing. And so. however you're raised and, you know – a oh, yeah. lot of the great qualities that we both share and we both individually have were passed down from our parents mm-hmm. and kind of not, not nature versus nurture, not like that idea, but it was kind of that, oh, you know, our parents had this quality and we just learned from the steps of our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going back, because I do 
I don't have any like, questions for now, but I do want to talk about more of our story about growing up because I think it's unique. <laughs> I think the way our parents raised us is unique that many people I think a lot of pe- there's a lot of parent great parents out there yeah. but when I say like we probably have some of the best we do mm-hmm. and I'm biased but I think you know what do you think going on to my earlier question lessons what do you think are some of the biggest lessons you learned from growing up whether that was in middle school an event that happened girl empowerment mm. believing yourself what is it what would you share so it's on every part of school, I would say, like elementary school, middle school, high school. I always learn something new. Yeah. And I would say in middle school, it's really started because in elementary school, you're very young, right? Yeah. You're learning things, but you're not knowing that like, you're learning certain aspects and characteristics. But in middle school is, and I think seventh grade was the hardest grade. I still uh, think it's yeah. still the hardest grade. Probably. And we had to overcome a lot of challenges during that grade with friends in eighth grade, we had to overcome certain things that were difficult at yeah. that time. And I look back at now, and I was like, that was very minor. But for me, that was my life. Yeah. And I remember our pa- something happened with our friend. And it was very embarrassing. It was like, I mean, the video. Oh, you can share the story. Okay. Yeah. So I think you probably said it on here before. Yeah, I think I did. But we- videos were made about us from a girl who we still know today. Certain girls. I don't yeah. think it was one girl, but I don't know. And it was like pictures of us. Obviously, we didn't look our best in those pictures. We it were was just, like Instagram. We were like, like we were joking around, fun. right? Yeah. Like Snapchats, and they like deformed our face. No, it was it was that they. Mine was blown up. Yeah, they like. I mean, creative people, right? The video was really put together. Yeah, a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of editing, a lot of editing. Um. But basically, one day this girl had sent us two videos, and I remember we were going to CrossFit, and it was like in the oh, car yeah. at CrossFit that we found out, um, and it was like po- pictures that Kenzie and I posted on Instagram, mm-hmm. like whether it was with friends or something, and like, we were so young. It was like the photo, like, and then it would like zoom into our face, and there was like this certain TikTok, what was it, musically sound that was like making fun of people. Yeah, it was terrible. Like, it was like some, and cursed language. Yeah, it, was like all, it was terrible. <laughs> it was like all this stuff. And I remember we found out, we got the videos and was told that was sent to every boy in the school. Oh, my gosh. Everybody had that video in the school. And we were pretty confident, I think. In middle school, you know, you're learning about yourself. But, like, prior to seventh grade, prior to this happening, I was like, okay, I'm going to post whatever. Like, I think I'm on top of the world. Like, I was probably a little too confident at some point. Very energetic kids. We were very, yeah. Like, we didn't really care. You know, we were like, oh, my gosh, the boys are being rude or, like, got nervous about the boys. But, like, at the same time, it was like, you know, we're just going to be ourselves. I remember the video got made. And I think I remember – I don't know how mom or dad talked about it. I think they were just like – you know. They probably were mad at first. Yeah, they're I think they like, were frustrated but not sharing it with us. And I remember, <laughs> like, we were upset about it, but then we went to CrossFit and kind of we never just talked about it again. Yeah, I think we were more, like, we weren't, like, sad. Yeah. Like, we were, like, kind of mad because I was, like, our close friend. Yeah. We were, like, oh, we're best friends it wasn't, for life. And I think it, it's a horrible thing to have done to you. Mm-hmm. But our parents supported us in a way that they didn't make us feel embarrassed that we should be embarrassed about the photos. Yeah. And in some of the photos, I was like, I, I mean, I kind of look good in that. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but thank you for zooming in on my face. Best part. But I think that's where it all started with, you know, Instagram, social media became a huge thing. 
seeking validation, mm-hmm. being scared to post. And I think, you know, I'm starting to get out of that phase. You know, I post a lot on Instagram now, post a lot with the podcast. Mm-hmm. And just being like, I'm just going to post whatever I want. And it, whether it's like I'm going through something really good in life or I'm going through something bad, I'm just going to post because that's what I want to share with my community. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was thinking about the same thing when we were talking about middle school. Um, mm-hmm. But is there anything else? I kind of just cut you well, off. Well, so. um, don't care what people think. People are going to like you for you. And that's something our dad and mom always pushed on us to be ourselves. We never had, they never want us to change ourselves. And I even see that today, like our parents with comparison, like comparing ourselves to each other. Dad's like, never change yourself just because, as I said earlier, like Madison was, people say she's more energetic, which you are. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's a terrible thing. I used to think it was terrible. And I was like, well, maybe I'm just going to act more energetic. And dad's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not changing yourself yeah. and changing your personality just so you're more like your sister so people view you the same. And right. I was like, that's so true. Like, I, that means I had to be changing myself to be more like someone else. And we see that a lot in today's society. Yeah. But they always push us to be ourselves yeah, and to I be think, confident yeah. and to not really to not, not not to care because you do care. Yeah. Some things that happen in life, you're going to care majority of times. If it's a bad thing. But to, they gave us the steps and, like, the, I don't, the, the steps, the foundation yeah. to overcome those things. Yeah. And they really helped us with that. And I think we'll still, as we grow up, find out more ways that our childhood, and especially as we get older and have new experiences, and then those experiences become part of our past, mm-hmm. how that impacts us. I think the impact of a decision is something I you know, talk about hugely mm-hmm. and I believe in because each decision we make in each day, I mean, I think it was like the average humans make 65,000 decisions. Yeah, it's something no, 6, crazy. 500 or something. Okay. There should, there's something around there decisions a day and mm-hmm. I think each single one impacts us whether we smile at someone say hi to somebody yeah. the way that we present ourselves while walking we hold the door for somebody decide to talk to somebody I mean all think about all the decisions we make today it's it's fascinating to think about some you don't even know you're making yeah and so I think I'm excited to see as we grow up how we change how we accomplish our goals and how overall we learn more about who mm-hmm. we are as people. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> I actually I mean, yeah, it can really... only get better, right? I mean, goodness gracious. Because there's so much great things to come. I mean, right now, I feel like we're living our lives and we're like, this is the best it could be. Yeah. Well, College you are. Great, your yeah. podcast is growing. Your running yeah. is amazing. And not that I'm behind or anything. No. But I'm like, I can't wait to have, like, my thing where I'm, like, I know fully we talk about that. devoted to it like you are the podcast. And I don't know if everybody knows. You probably can see in how much work she does. Madison is fully committed we were talking I was talking about this with dad the other day we talk about you so much but in good ways and she was like you can't get mad because I think I was like excuse me I think I was jealous usually sometimes I get jealous because Madison has this amazing podcast and I was like well I don't have my thing blah, 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 blah. right and he was like well you can't get mad at Madison for that because how much work you put in you put in so much work and I was like my thing are things do better, but- no, no no you definitely you're doing the best and our things wouldn't come at the same time. Sorry, allergies. Okay. And um, I was, he's like, they're not going to come at the same time. You're not going to hit the same milestones at the same time. So I'm just excited to, like, finally see what my – because yeah. I know my strengths. And I know what I'm not good at and what I could improve on. But I'm so excited to see what comes for me in the future and where I can, like, fully devote myself to something that I love. And philanthropy is one of those things. But mm-hmm. I'm like, 
I'm always that person who like I want like a million things happening. Like yeah. I just want like this, 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 this. And yeah. that's just one thing. So I'm like, I just can't see what the next new thing is going to be for us, especially. Yeah. And for me. And for like, just like what next milestones. Yeah. We'll never know like, until it comes. Because we, I think, you know, before I ask the final questions, mm-hmm. we always hit the same milestones at the same time in the way that we graduated at the same time. We played sports at the same time. We went, got into college at the same time. Yeah. Like if you found out, you got into school, I found out, you got into school in the same exact right. hour. Yeah. Um, we did all these things right around the same time. So now that we're getting older and when I started running, well, it's kind of mm-hmm. funny because I'll give it to you. Kenzie ran, then I ran. I mean, <laughs> Kenzie had the idea for the podcast. I don't know if anyone else feels the same way, but running was that type of thing where I was like, ugh, I hate it. Yeah. I was like, why am I wasting my time sweating? Right. And you were running for a while before me. Just a little bit, actually. Yeah. It was like with dad because dad started running for the marathon. And I was like, uh, I'm going to go to weight training, and which I love. I'm so glad yeah. I did. But now I'm glad because I get to – I'm starting to run again. Yeah, it's great. And I get to share that with you now. Yeah, it's fun. And sometimes it can be, like, a difficult thing because, you know. Right. But it's majority a good thing because I'm like, okay, well, also you're, like, kind of uh, – what's it called? I'm thinking about your person I look up to when running. Hmm. Like, Madison over here is running half marathons. <laughs> without stopping and I'm like I don't know if I can run a mile without stopping so it's like kind of fun though because you know before I ran Chicago I was mm-hmm. like this is something I like don't look forward to every day in that yeah. training process I was like didn't realize how much I was falling in love with it <laughs> and then I ran Chicago especially when I ran I took that six month break because the fear of not being as good as I was and hitting the wall and, yeah hitting that is- wall Starting up again, so that was another tough thing because, again, at this idea, is like, I just ran a marathon last year. Will I ever be able to do that again? Mm-hmm. Then realizing, like, it's so exciting because then we hit all these milestones again. Yeah, and when you come overcome those things, it's amazing. I think yeah. that's, that's the main reason I stopped running is because I stopped at that wall. Yeah. Like, I didn't push through it. And I look back and I'm like, oh, yeah. I would have been so much better now. But I wouldn't have learned that if I didn't stop at the wall right. that I hit at that one. I remember the exact day. Yeah. We were running all together, and you and dad were a little faster, which is totally fine because people go at their own pace. I turned around. You guys were like going. You are like, I'm going home. I said, peace, peace out. out. I'm going home. Yeah. Walked into mom's office. I was like, I'm never running again. Nothing. We didn't even get into a fight. I was just like, I hate it. And I was like, even though I, I loved yeah. it, I was like, I hate it. So I'm not going to do it again. And I think I like went and did the Peloton. Yeah. And that's the exact day I remember. I didn't run for a while. I was on track. I did pole ball. Yeah. And that was another thing I loved. I just like trying new things. And so once you committed to it, I was like, shoot, like I kind of miss it. Like yeah. I, I always when you see the races and everything, but yeah. running connects to all different parts of life. Yep. And like again, before I ask, mm-hmm. um, it's like you have this moment where you have to build that foundation. Oh, yeah. And that's the hardest part is because you have to stay consistent. I talk about consistency a lot. I talk about the need of rest days and stuff like that the healthiest be the the healthiest you can mm-hmm. be and as like i'm still learning how to do that it's a huge thing because you know people want to run every single day now but yeah we i ran philadelphia half marathon philly half and didn't stop once and then i was mm. like realizing i was like oh i just hit this new level so now i'm going to push through that and yeah i so think after you build that foundation i'm still building that yeah and you start accomplishing more and more goals and you fall in love with it more and so i think that can relate to a, well, that's a lot, lot of yeah, things lot in of life things. um 
But yeah, it's exciting that we're running. And Kenzie, I mentioned it, but we can explain it a little bit. <laughs> have the idea for the podcast. Okay, no. Let's like, <laughs> we can talk about this real quick. So, um, is it Soat Podcast? Yeah, Live Soat. Live Soat. We were on. I got asked to because of my whole LLS thing. Dad knew them. I think it was Brian so. Turner. I hope I, 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 it was a while ago. Yeah. I was on a podcast. I was like, oh, Madison should go on it too. We were like, yeah, let's both do it. Yeah. And we were like, oh, maybe, because dad had them. Honestly, dad has done everything that we've done, done behind us, yeah. but I don't, I don't want to take credit. But I was like, oh, it'd be cool to start a podcast. But like, I'm like, I used to be like, oh, like have like kind of like regret you and like hold it against it you that you had this podcast, but that's like comes back with you did the work for it. Yeah. Right. Well, we talked and about it. I, we talked about us doing it together. Yeah. And I was like, and so I get nervous about it. Like this week before I was right, like, oh yeah. gosh, like I'm going to like stress out. Yeah. And I come to realize like I wouldn't have been the best to do the podcast and that your personality fits yeah. best. And I'm thankful that we talked about it and that you gave me like full lead to take over it, to do mm-hmm. it, for it to become my thing. But I still think it's kind of our thing. I mean, it's my mm-hmm. thing. Because of most of it, but like <laughs> at the same time, I think ideas, guests, all that mm-hmm. is a collaboration of like you. And Maybe me that's because we talk idea. about it so much. Yeah. But. And so, but um, <coughs> well, I just remember I said Mackenzie came up with the idea of podcast. It's like we have to give background information on that because people will be like coming after me. <laughs> um, but this has been an amazing episode. Final two questions, and at every podcast, first, what would you tell the girl? In middle school, at any age, woman mm. that is struggling to find her self confidence and know who she mm. is. Gosh, so many things. Probably uh, to be themselves, because that's what we taught. We, mm-hmm. uh, as I said earlier, we've taught, we've were taught, um, and to not be scared of being yourself, and not compare yourself. And everyone's going to compare themselves. Yeah, but comparison has it can have such a negative effect on your mindset i mean i have overcome because compare especially being to what we compare or at least i compare myself a lot to you and to think you're never going to be as good as somebody sorry as good as somebody just because they do something better yeah or maybe they do the same thing just a tiny bit better even if they're not better and being like well they or with looks like especially in middle school or any part of your life where you're like oh she has prettier hair well, that's the idea of beauty, social construct. Like, that's a different thing. Yeah. But not compare yourself and to be yourself. Because people out there are going to love you for you. Some yeah, people, some people aren't. Yeah. Some people are there just for a little season. You know, um, I forget who was talking about this on a TikTok, but some people are only there for one season of the year. Right? It was dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was someone dad. Was and there. they're only there for that one time. And they're, they're going to go. But, and then there's people that are going to leave and come back. There, God puts this, he plans it so well that some people are made for you and some people aren't, but they're made yeah. to push you, made to change you, impact you. And so you're going to find your people. You're going to find your strengths. You're going to learn your strengths and you're going to use them in the right way. So I would just say be yourself and try not to compare yourself because you're just amazing as yeah. everybody else. That's season, reason, lifetime. Yeah. People in your life for a season or a reason or yeah. a lifetime, and that's how it's been planned out from God and how our paths have been made. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. 
last question, mm-hmm. and I already kind of know the answer to it, but do you like to well, let's tell our listeners, do you like to read? And if so, favorite book? Okay, so when I was younger, hated to read. We were never readers. Oh, we were no. more so athletes. I mean, SAT can show it all, the reading score. Just the ability <laughs> to concentrate. Like, better. I was like, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> but and this is every teenage girl's answer. Colleen Hoover, I was always, like, I love those books. Yeah. Like, any book with, like, I don't know, like, her books are amazing. And not just her books, but people that make books just like that or just normal books. Like, not, sorry, books that you don't really have to think hard about. You can just read, understand. Because there's a lot of books I've tried to read that are about, like, mindset and stuff like that. But Colleen Hoover, I think, hands down, the best book would probably be, there's so many, but my favorite is Ugly Love. Because it teaches you, or what's that, the purple one? It Ends With Us. It Ends With Us, too. Yeah, that's too. really great. Not that, that's not my two books, but those books have, they also show signs of, like, unhealthy relationships. Yeah, so it teaches you a lot. It teaches yeah. you a lot through the book, which I love. And then... Another book I love, oh my gosh, I am not, I haven't read it yet. I haven't read it yet, so I can't say I love it. But dad just gave it to me. And I forget it, but it's about using your strengths in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll tell you later. I, I totally forget yeah, the title. But books like that, not yes. books that are like self-innovation, like these are the six steps to follow to be the best yeah. version of yourself. Because there's not an outline that you can do that yeah. and follow. But books that should be like, Hey, like these are your strengths. Identify them and use them like this. And it's not like about person, right? But it's about like you. You can make it about you. So I think books like that, I love like You Are a Badass is a book I love. Yeah. That's an amazing book. And it can be kind of hard for like younger minds to understand that. Like and understand the book. I struggled reading it because it's very, yeah. it's a very mature written out book. Yeah. But I would say anything Colleen Hoover, Barnes & Noble, I've Great, yeah. probably read over 25 books in the past, last summer to now. Yeah, you're always reading. And I'm like, when's the next one coming out? Like, But I would say anything that, because it's such an easy book, and then anything that can help you find your strengths, motivate you, kind of get your mind running. Yeah. And those grooves like in there. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks for coming on, <laughs> yeah. Nancy. I'm so glad that we got this done. We got to be home for a weekend. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Use this as an excuse just to get haircut. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the other day I was um, But I have loved this interview. Thank you for sharing your story. And hopefully we'll have you on, you know, when I have my peeps. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say who it is, but Madison has had this goal to get this one person on. It's a pretty big I, figure. I, I have like ten, like five people now that are like big. That you want. Get on, yeah. And I'm like, well, can I just tell the ones? Because it would be yeah. here for it. Master has a dream to have Lizzo on yeah, here. Yeah, I want Lizzo. We're Lizzo fans. Yeah. You're going to get Lizzo. And we're going to get Lizzo. Uh, but that's like Adele. I'm going to have to be here for that. <laughs> I know I'm not connected to the podcast, but I'm going to have to sit here. Oh, yeah. And just be like, because yeah. I love Lizzo. And Paige I love McCoskey. her story. Oh, my Paige. gosh. Paige. Owner of Aviator Nation. Not as good as Mackenzie Sandgren, but oh, no. pretty no close. You know? I'm kidding. Pretty close. <laughs> But I'm going to be here for those. Co-host. So, yeah. Because I'm going to be starstruck. And I don't even have to talk. I just want to sit there and be like, uh, uh, my yeah. queens. But I'm telling you, it's my year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kidding. And I can't wait to see. They're going to see what I have coming. There's a lot coming. Yeah, a lot coming from Mackenzie Sandgren. Mm-hmm. So we should be excited. Um, okay, well, thank you for having me. Yes, and thank I you for having me. 
everyone has a great day. Thank you for tuning in today. And you're awesome. Peace. Thank you. Love you.